The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Are you looking for a new and empowering lens through which to view your life and your health? Then register now for Get Healthy with Sound, a weekend workshop with Eileen McCusick, an innovator in the fields of therapeutic sound, electric health, and the human biofield. May 24th to 26th at Omega Institute in Rhinebeck, New York. Learn easy and accessible techniques to reduce stress, improve focus, and increase energy. Learn more today at eomega.org slash thrive. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Healthy Living Intuitively with Dr. Mona Lisa is for educational purposes only and is not intended to provide a physician-patient relationship, give diagnoses, prescribe treatment, or do psychotherapy. Please contact your healthcare provider to obtain treatment. This podcast is produced with Caller Interaction. Follow Dr. Mona Lisa on Facebook and Instagram to be a part of the next podcast taping. Discover your body's natural ability to heal. Welcome to Healthy Living Intuitively with Dr. Mona Lisa. This is Healthy Living Intuitively with me, Dr. Mona Lisa podcast on mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network. My name is Dr. Mona Lisa. Today's show is how to maintain a special diet during the holidays. Have you ever suffered from trying to go home or to a family or friend's holiday meal and not know what to do, how to eat, how to negotiate the minefield of meal options when you're on a special diet? Have you ever come home from a holiday meal and felt sick to your stomach or woken up the next morning and realize that you were several pounds heavier and couldn't believe it. Oh my God, what have I done? I ended up eating the wrong foods yet again. If you're already dreading the holiday meal, today's your day because we're going to discuss how to maintain a special diet during the holidays. Today's show is going to change your life because it's going to teach you how to use mind body medical intuition to deal with food and nourishment during a holiday. Subscribe to Healthy Living Intuitively with Dr. Mona Lisa podcast on Apple, Google, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. This forum is education only and is intended not intended to provide a special uh, physician-patient relationship, give diagnoses, prescribe treatment, or do psychotherapy, please contact your healthcare provider to obtain treatment. If you're in an emergency, please go to your nearest emergency room. I remember back in 82, a real problem staying awake, problem with epilepsy. And I started to do gluten-free. At that point, they said wheat-free. They weren't calling it gluten. They were calling it wheat-free. 
dairy-free and meat-free, basically everything-free diet. I remember going home for my birthday. Remember now, vegetarian, no meat. My mother cooks a ham. (laughs) A ham. I said, Ma, I'm a vegetarian. I'm not eating meat. So you don't want a ham. I said, it's meat. Well, I don't know what to cook. Recently, well, it's like a decade ago, my big fat Greek wedding was the same thing. She introduces her um, her fiancé is not meeting eat meat. And she goes, you don't eat meat? I serve you lamb. Lamb. She doesn't understand that that's not meat. Well, that happens in everybody's family. And if you don't fit into that, they think you don't love them. The question I have, and I want you to think about it today, is what is the most important dish at a holiday meal? What can you do or should you do to negotiate yourself around a holiday meal? So ham didn't work. So next time I go home for a holiday meal, remember now I'm vegetarian. We got the beef. So after a while, it was beef. It was uh, pork roast. Because remember now, that wasn't ham. Okay. There was turkey. There was all kinds of things. And then, you know, after a while, I learned not to say anything. And eventually, I learned that the most important thing to do was eat around it. I know that eat around it is not really a technical mind-body term, but eat around it meant find out what they're eating and find out what you can eat. Better yet, make the food (laughs) because then you can make stuff that everybody else wants to eat and you can make stuff you can eat and be controlled. You may say that that tortures you, but, and so on. But life goes on. So as the world went on, I became macrobiotic. You know, it's hard to say to somebody, I'm serving a miso soup, um, you know, nori meal with, um, you know, so on. So as the world and decades have gone on, people's food meal plans have gotten more technical. And what's wheat-free is now called gluten-free. And whenever I say, oh, you have a wheat-free diet, people look at me like I'm cross-eyed because now it's called gluten-free. And then people tell me, I don't know what gluten-free is. I know what gluten-free is. I did it in the 80s. Suffice it today, Suffice it, suffice it to say, diets now are minefields. Every year in July, I have a seven-day class. Uh, it's a summer camp of sorts where I teach medical intuition. It's on my property. I put up a tent. 
And I serve food at 10 and at 3 in the afternoon. Well, they're snacks, but, you know, I bake them. And I used to serve gluten-free and then vegan options. But was fascinating. Um, it became like a holiday meal. On Monday, everybody's idiosyncrasies about diet came out. You know, unless it was preyed on by monks, was vegan and um, dairy-free, gluten-free, and every kind of free you'd imagine. Um, it was very specific, and people really stuck to it. One woman even wanted me just to serve her meat, which I found to be fascinating, as if I was going to have a grill in the backyard just cooking for her. That's apparently all she ate was meat. I was stunned. I remember telling her, I'm not a short-order cook. What do you think I am? I have, I have a grill in the backyard? Suffice it to say, the year that I had uh, vegan options, nobody ate them. I had hundreds of dollars of vegan food, and nobody ate them. I also felt like I was bobbing and we weaving for everybody, and I got exhausted and bitter. I was a bitter chef. With a bunch of vegan food that was not being eaten. And nothing's more unappetizing than vegan food that's not being eaten because it's expensive and not very, very attractive. But suffice it to say, toward the end of the week, when people were good and tired, I was making things like strawberry, uh, gluten-free shortcake, and, and, and things like that. And people were eating everything. Well, what is the most important nutrient in a holiday meal? And I ask you, as you listen to the show, which holiday meal is most memorable? Do you remember? Now in the brain, the area of intuition is close to the area for smell and close to the area for taste and close to the area for memory. Hippocampus and amygdala. Body memory, amygdala, and hippocampus. Memory you can talk about on Oprah or, you know, whatever talk shows they have on these days. So I want you to think about the holiday meal you remember the best. I think the holiday meal I remember the best, and this is very telling, a little mental health and addiction is in here. Is one holiday, my family, my uncle, a lot of Portuguese, we were at this restaurant called the 99. It's an all you can eat buffet, also obesity and insulin dependent diabetes. So there's an all you can eat buffet. And so my mother and my uncle Manuel, they ought, they order uh, Manhattans, okay? So my mother gets her Manhattan, but my Uncle Manuel doesn't. So my Uncle Manuel steals my mother's Manhattan, and my mother swears at him in Portuguese, which I think is hilarious, but if you heard it. So he steals her Manhattan, and he starts drinking it, and she yells at him, and she orders another one, and he continues to drink hers. And as soon as hers arrives, he has 
returned hers to in front of her. So now she has two Manhattans. I thought this was hilarious. What's funny is I don't remember the food at all. What I do remember is my Uncle Manuel stealing my mother's Manhattan, them arguing over it, and him, when she looked the other way, returning it and making her look like a fool. I thought thought that was hilarious. This I found funny. I don't remember the buffet. I don't remember the food. I don't remember any of it. None of it. I don't really remember any holiday food at all. I just remember things that happened. I remember once after my cousin Richard died, we were all bereft and he was an electrician. And then the electricity kind of flickered in and out. And one of my relatives went, that's cousin Richard. He's coming back. So that's the intuitive family genetics coming in. I just remember things like that. That's the things I remember. I don't remember the food. These are things that I remember. Is it possible that we all complain about the food? I remember that in the 80s, when I started having these health issues, I started worrying about food and what I was going to eat or not eat. And after having that little thing with my mother about, you know, I don't eat meat, so she arrives with a ham. And then there's the pot roast and then the thing. And so that was difficult. That I would do several maneuvers. My solutions were to eat almost entirely before I went and then put some food when they they pass the plates around, take a little bit off of each of the plates, like take a teeny bit of potatoes, take a teeny bit of meat. And someone's going to make it. Is that all you're going to eat? You eat like a bird. So someone is the, uh, the portion control police. Okay. Cause someone is monitoring everybody. Okay. So, well, yes, yes. That's, you know, I, I must've gotten a bug and that's what you just do. And then you push around the food with a fork because the answer is, is that you already ate. But you don't tell anybody that. You keep it all inside. Now, you might say, well, I should be able to. Yeah, woulda, coulda, shoulda. If life were not fair, you wouldn't have this problem to begin with. So this is the way you're going to do it. In Boston, there's something called the Jocelyn Kinnett Clinic, which is they treat kids with diabetes. And right away, they teach the kids who have diabetes to be responsible for their diabetes. So they test their blood sugar. They're in control of their diet, blah, blah, blah. And medical intuition, diabetes is third center responsibility. So right away, food allergies and food, whatever intolerances or whatever issue you're doing with your food or diet is your responsibility. In the most perfect world, everybody would be blood testing you, DNA sampling you as you come in and go, okay, your your DNA tells us that you cannot eat pomegranates, but you can eat chocolate and chocolate cream pie would be perfect for you. So we're ordering it right now and it'll be delivered. No, that's not the way the world works. So that's the way it is. So that's the way the Jocelyn Clinic is. So the second option would be for me to eat mostly 
before I arrive at the meal and eat a little bit, little bit that nobody notices. I pull that a lot. On the other hand, maybe I was going to a relative's house who was an incredible cook. Incredible. And they made the most amazing pie, even though I was gluten-free. They made the most amazing stuffing, even though I was gluten-free. Whatever. I would eat it. And it would be worth getting sick over. Because it was phenomenal. And only once every year or two years or four years did I eat this thing. And I got sick and I loved getting sick because it was a gastronomic big O. Or I ate it because it made them happy. It was worth it. One of those three things. In that sense, to answer the question, the most important nutrient on that menu was the relationship. I'll be going to Disney World for the first time in four years. I'm sure you know that I am a Disney file. I tell people I go there to see the normal people, and they go, normal people, they're not normal. I'm not married, and I don't have kids. So I go to see people who are married and have kids. And then I get to watch the kids have meltdowns around four o'clock in the afternoon. And I think it's hilarious. What? What? I think this is funny. <laughs> Suffice it to say, I like to go to these restaurants there that have these character meals where you see Winnie the Pooh and um, Eeyore. I think each one of these characters is like a symbol symbolism for mental health disorder. For example, Eeyore has dysthymia, an old-fashioned term for low-level chronic depression, which is not low-level because it's like the low, slow burn of depression. So I've been known in front of my friends to go up and go, Eeyore, you seem to be responding to the medication very, very good. Or to Cinderella, oh my God, you and so many people have a similar problem that you've had post-traumatic family disorder. You seem to be doing very well with the, um, with the therapy. And, you know, Cinderella actually said, oh, you're very funny. And my friend who worked at Disney World went, step away from the staff. <laughs> step away from the characters. I thought it was funny. Anyway, so during a time, because I've had a lot of spinal surgeries that affected my um, bowel, and I would get bowel obstructions, so I couldn't really eat. And this is before Disney really went out of their way to deal with today's today's show, which is special diets. And I'm going to show you how Disney World, you can go to www.mydisneyexperience.com and look up the restaurants and look up the meal menus. And yes, you can get information on how to make a meal that is gluten-free, vegan, allergy-free. And I'll explain why, because I did it in the research for today's show. Blew out all my circuits <laughs> to sleep, so I missed my live 
Instagram show, but I'm here for my po uh, podcast. So that's how I research it. So that was my way of finding out how you could have a holiday meal that is diet appropriate because Disney World has actually done it. But before that, four years ago, I could eat very little. Clear liquid. Clear liquid. I would eat um, like um, onion soup without the onions. I was just, I was on a clear liquid diet. That's what you do when you have bowel, chronic bowel obstructions. So for myself to get my nutrient, and that's my answer, one of my answers to this show is one of the main nutrients that you get with a meal is a nutrients of belonging. A lot of people don't get that. If you're on a special diet, you're like, I need you to do this, 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 and this. So you end up not eating around people and you're not getting the nutrients of belonging. There was a study done in Ohio or Iowa, some state that has four letters. I don't remember because I'm dyslexic, but it's got four letters. It looks like that. It says if you have only one um, social contact a day or, you know, or less, you have the health effects of being um, health risk of being morbidly obese or smoking 13 cigarettes a day. So in other words, you really need people. To quote Barbara Streisand, people who need people are the happiest people or the luckiest people or something like that. Spoken like a true social phobic. People who are socially anxious, phobic, or aloof tend to have immune system problems. And people who um, stay away from people or don't eat near people tend to have more than food intolerances. They also have... Um, environmental allergies and things. And so you need um, normalization. You need to um, subject your immune system to a variety of environments so that it becomes stronger. So I would go to Disney World and I would go to these character lunches like um, the Crystal Palace in Disney World. There's there's all, a lot of them. And they're usually buffets. And the characters, they march with the kids. It's hilarious. And you watch kids get terrified and their parents are like, go, go, march with Winnie. And the kids are like, ah. Anyway, it's hilarious. So anyway, so I'd be watching this. It's very, very funny. It's very entertaining. You might think that I'm sadistic, but I like it. So I would go to these things and I would just have a little bit of corn or something like that because I couldn't eat. I got a little sick on it, but I didn't care. And they're expensive for someone who just eats like a little broth or something. So this one year, I had just finished at the Crystal Palace, and there are other places that you can go in each world, whether it's Animal Kingdom or Epcot. There's one basic one that has several um, character lunches. So there I am in, um, in Magic Kingdom. And right around that time, around one, I start hearing the drum beat. And I used to be in the band. And when you're in the band, especially the percussion section, because in the marching band, I played the bells, which is like a piano. 
But in the concert band, I played the bassoon. I also play the piano, the violin. It's a long story. It's someone who's hyperactive and has you know a lot of interests. But it suffice it to say, I recognized that cadence of the drum. And I was in um, some store finalizing my purchase on something that was completely unnecessary I didn't need to buy. And I hear, ba-doom, 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 boom, boom. And I said to the lady, I know what that is. I know what that is. Hurry up, hurry up, hurry up. Because you have to get on the right side of the street. And I had to find a trash can to lean against because I can't stand up. And I don't like to be in a wheelchair. So she gets it to me. And I just see the Disney Philharmonic band coming around the corner. And they start to play. The, the, the parade pass you by. Don't let it go on and only you'll be left or something like that. And that's the whole point. Don't let the parade pass you by. Don't let life pass you by. Everyone will go by you and only you will be left. That's the whole point. Meals are like bands of people together. You want to be part of the band. You want to be marching together and step with everybody else. Are you looking for a new and empowering lens through which to view your life and your health? Then register now for Get Healthy with Sound, a weekend workshop with Eileen McCusick, an innovator in the fields of therapeutic sound, electric health, and the human biofield. May 24th to 26th at Omega Institute in Rhinebeck, New York. Learn easy and accessible techniques to reduce stress, improve focus, and increase energy. Learn more today at eomega.org slash thrive. There's something about being together in step. It releases opiates. No, all the band people aren't exactly the same. Harold and Moore at the movie. Harold is looking at a field of daisies. And he says, oh, look at those daisies. They're all the same. And she goes, oh, they're not all the same. This daisy goes to the right. This daisy goes to the left. They're all different. When you go to a meal, there's a bunch of food together. You don't have to eat all the meals, like all the daisies. You can pick a little bit of this, a little bit of that. And everybody has basically the same, like the daisies, on their plate. But you could pick and choose. But for one meal, for the sake of being part of the band, you get to be in step. And I realized life was short. And I wanted to be part of people. And so after that, I had this miracle. I went to see this movie. I found out what was, uh, I emailed somebody. I called this doctor and I went to Mayo Clinic and I found out what was wrong neurologically with my bowel. I took this medicine that the chief of 
gastroenterology at Mayo Clinic told me about. And in 10 minutes, I was able to swallow, eat, not choke. And my life was changed. All because don't let the braid pass you by. You have to keep going to the meal. And you might say, but there's nothing there for me to eat. It doesn't matter. Eat beforehand. Eat around it. Bring a dish. Tell people what the meal, what your dish is about. Don't tell them, well, it's vegan. You know that I can't eat this, this, and this. You say, you know what? This is really delicious. I learned how to make muffins when I was in Boston. They were wheat-free, dairy-free. I was going to market them at Bread and Circus, which used to be like Whole Foods. I was going to I was going to sell them. The only thing was I needed a uh, state a state run kitchen that was you know in, you know inspected, and the only one that I could rent was a bakery that was called Sweet and Nasties. Sweden Nasties was a bakery that made pornographic baked goods. It was the corner of Commonwealth Avenue and Center Street or something like that. I mean, you know, peanut, you got your basic penis-shaped cakes and stuff. So I was going to rent it and make these gluten-free, dairy-free, sugar-free muffins. I don't know why I never got... I guess it was because I had this other day job working at a, I think it was a gonorrhea lab. See, my life is very colorful. Gonorrhea lab working at a pornographic bakery. You see the theme? Suffice it to say, you can still have fun and have a weird diet. You can go to Disney World, for example. Maybe you have a, a family that's like the 50s prime time cafe. Look it up. They got a picture there of fried chicken. Maybe you have a fried chicken-like family. So they'll say, you don't want fried chicken? <laughs> if you go to the 50s primetime cafe, you look it up on mydisneyexperience.com. Look up the menus for the... And you'll say, there's nothing I can eat here. Don't do that. You want to be part of the band. You want to be in step. You don't want to be left. Yeah, they have the mashed potatoes and the gravy. You're like, I can't eat that. Don't do that. You don't want to be a potty poop, do you? And they got the fried chicken, right? However, you don't say there's nothing here for me. See, that's a problem. You don't have a food allergy. You got an attitude allergy. They've got plant-based dressing. They got allergy-free, all kinds of friendly stuff. Um, Cousin Megan's meatloaf. Okay, you say, maybe I don't want to have meatloaf, but they have plant-based options. This is before we even knew what plant-based. Last time I was there, there was no such thing as plant-based anything. I think the only thing that was plant-based was the grass in the middle of the Magic Kingdom. Maybe you want to go to, uh, this is the one I went to. The first time I went to this place, I don't think I even pronounced the name of the restaurant correctly. This is in Epcot. I bought it. I went there because I couldn't get somewhere else. It's called Kershik Country Buffet. They have the most amazing Norwegian meatballs. Makes you want to shriek. 
Snow White's there. Okay, so, you know, how can you go wrong with Snow White? However, these meatballs are to kill for. The only problem is, well, they got gluten. So I ate the gluten and I got sick. If you go to a Kershaw country buffet, you take a left, it's by Norway and Epcot. Oh my God, you can now get the Norwegian meatballs without gluten. You're like, but I don't eat meat. Right? Guess what? They now have an entire plant-based menu. You can get plant-based bratwurst. There's no, there's no brat or worst in it. It's plant-based. You can get plant-based red cabbage. You can get plant-based gelato. You can get rice cream, strawberry sauce that doesn't even have cream in it. There's a whole plant-based menu, and it's called the Princess Storybook Plant-Based Dining. Gotta love it. And then you can, that's what I did this afternoon, and I fell asleep, so I missed my um, Instagram Live. I'm really sorry. This is what I was doing. So if you want to know what you can take for dinner and the people are going, what do you eat? And you're like, I am having my Akershik Country Buffet Princess Storybook plant-based bratwurst. You can't have any. I don't have extra. You want some? I'll give you a bite. Then, but I just thought maybe you could go to Chefs of France because it's French cooking. They don't have a special menu, so you can't go there. So you think, but I want French cooking. Guess what? You can't have it. Too bad. Because guess why? Because French cooking is a whole nother other thing. It involves a lot of butter. And I've made it before. It's called refoy, which is you take the wheat and you, 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 you roll it out and then you roll it out. Because one year in Rhode Island, I decided I wanted to make Napoleons. And you just can't make Napoleons with rice flour. It doesn't work, okay? So you have no business going to chefs of France. And so you say to yourself, but I want to. I should be able to. Guess what? You can't. So don't go to chefs of France and go in there and say, do you have any gluten-free Napoleons? You're only going to create suffering to you and everybody else there. And don't even bother going to Morimoto, which is a Japanese restaurant, or another Japanese restaurant there. Because believe it or not, I couldn't find one Japanese or any of the other Asian restaurants there that had a plant-based menu. But you can go to Mama Melrose or other Italian restaurants that have other plant-based menus. The solution is be flexible. Be flexible. And yet, now go to big places like Disney World or other places. Maybe you don't like Disney World. You say, I don't like them. They're polluting our children. That's not the point. Go to MyDisneyExperience.com, look up their menus and say, oh, that's what they're doing with the food. And you can adapt it to your special diet and bring that dish to your holiday. You have one dish that you can eat and you have the added benefit that you can politically start to sway people to your diet. But even if you don't want to do that, you can still eat around or pre-eat. The whole point is, is the main nutrients is you don't want the parade to pass you by. You want to be there with the people. You want to love and you will want to laugh. And you want to love. 
I'm Dr. Marlise, and we're talking about how to maintain a special diet during the holidays. If you want to know more about this and other medical intuitive solutions, you want to go to my books, Awakening Intuition, The New Feminine Brain, The Intuitive Advisor, or any of the other books. For a private reading, please contact me at www.drmonalisa.com, www.drmonalisa.com, or call 207-846-6475, There is an answering service. Wait a while. It takes them a while to pick up. If the cat answers, hang up. They have no business answering the phone. So I'm opening up the lines. Does anybody have a question? Anybody have a question? I will unmute. Are people dreading the holidays? Are they nervous about the holidays? I still have to buy my corporate gifts. I usually send pies. And I call them, I pie people. I say they're about to be pied. And I have this whole thing about how I get people off the naughty list. And that Santa goes over their houses with a sleigh. And that you should wear a helmet. Because the pies arrive on, then they do, on dry ice and they fly down and they may come and they might hit you on the head. So, any questions? Because if you don't have any questions, I'm going to go upstairs, have a quick dinner, and then I'm going to watch Snapped on TV. I'm into a Snap thing. Anybody know anything about Snapped? I didn't get the major theme. It's very hilarious. It's um, the first time I heard about it. It was, um, and you can practice not not um, reacting. There's a Kathleen Madigan. It's a very funny uh, comic. She talks about how she says. She's watching this show. She says, this woman goes, I was married to my husband for 10 years. He's a lovely man. We had a kid. Nothing happened. Second decade, I was married to my husband for 10 years. He got a little sloppy in the living room. I asked him to pick up his socks. Nothing happened. Another 10 years. Last 10 years, he got a little sloppy, wouldn't pick up his socks. I went in the drive, I went in the garage, picked up a ta- uh, canister of gasoline, came in the living room. He's sitting on the couch. I lit him on fire. Next thing I know, here I am in the uh, police department. Who's it? I sat there and I went, you have got to be kidding me. That was it. No facial expression, no change. And that's why they call it snapped. Now, why do I bring that up? Because that's the kind of stuff, and there's Loretta snapping. That's the kind of stuff that happens in the holidays. And that's why it's kind of entertaining. Because you never know what's going to happen. Because it's never about the food. I remember. (laughs) Enough. I remember one year 
they're going to edit out that crying because she remembers this too, but she wasn't there. It's before she was adopted from the pound. Don't bring up those bad memories. It's embarrassing. My father was a member of a club. And some of the members were in Hitler's SS army. I think I can say this because I think everybody's dead now. So I had a friend there who's Jewish. So this is what holiday parties are like. It's like you have ammonia and then you have nitroglycerin over there. <laughs> and then you have gasoline and you have matches, but you seat them at different parts of the table. Okay. So the, those people were very nice, but they just happened to have been in Hitler, Hitler's SS army. Very nice, but that was long ago during World War II. My father fought for the United States on the other side, but they played cards on Friday nights, and we just didn't talk about that. So that's what a holiday meal is. We just don't talk about that, right? We just have a little alcohol. At the end of the day, the alcohol levels go up. Have you noticed? So it's the end of the day, and my mother comes out with cordials, which means more alcohol. <laughs> Let's just put up the alcohol level. So at eight o'clock on Thanksgiving, what do they show? They show the sound of music. Now, how can you get mad or aggravated at the sound of music? So you have my friend who's Jewish, and I never really thought about the Judas issue, okay? And then you got the sound of music. The world, the hills are alive with the sound of music. Okay, so, you know. It's Julie Andrews, and that is about as Melba Miltros with that hairstyle, okay? With the dirndl twirling around in the mountains. It's hardly, you know, rock and roll, for God's sakes. And so my mother comes in, just as the Browns, not their real name, stand up and say, we're leaving, we're insulted. And my friend, the Jewish person, looks at them. And I said, why are you insulted? And they said, this is anti-Nazi propaganda. And I almost said, is there no other propaganda? <laughs> I mean, it was absolutely unbelievable. And that's when my mother came in with the beverages, the alcohol. Let's just put more shrimp on the bobby. And she said, what just happened as the Browns leave? And my friend who's Jewish kind of went into another realm. My point is that's a holiday meal because it can go up. Another time was a friend who, okay, maybe they don't have a slow burn with alcohol. Maybe it's an idiosyncratic reaction very quickly. So I'm sitting at a holiday meal and we don't even have a chance for the food. <laughs> no, not yet. So the first round of beverages come around See, I understand. I'm telling you, sometimes it's not even about the food. It's about the alcohol or it's about why Uncle Irving is not back from jail yet. You have to talk to your counselor or someone else about keeping it zipped. OK, or who's married, who or who's divorced from who. And you have to learn how to shut dial 1-800. Shut the hell up. I just turned my head to the right. And I always used to sit at the ends because it's easier just to keep getting up and down, getting people stuff, than to get involved, okay? You're less likely to get involved in a fight if you're involved with KP duty, 
I always, that's what I did. So I finally sit down because I couldn't get anybody else anything. <laughs> and apparently the first alcohol level started to hit. And I think what we talk about is 200 when you're not allowed to talk to anybody in, in the ER anymore. And I turn around to a relative and this individual looks at me, hey, out, come on, out, sorry. And he says to me, it's my first year in medical school, what gives doctors the same bleep, bleep, bleep rights to charge people so much bleep, bleep, bleep money? Five seconds ago, he was completely reasonable. And then he had a change of mental status when alcohol hit his frontal cortex. And it was no longer frontal cortex. It was shrapnel. I looked at him. It was a completely different person. Somehow, the person next to me had just changed the seat. These are the things that really happen. So when you're talking about a holiday meal and you're worried about the food, what you really need to think in terms of, you're really thinking in terms of You're focusing on the food. Don't focus on the food. It's a red hearing. Just think in terms of you're worried about what's going on in Israel and Hamas. Think of this as I want to learn how to get along with mammals, and I'm flexible on that. That's what you want to do for the intense time. And the food is stuff you pass around. It's symbolic. Got it? That's all that there is. So faith and humanity begins at a table where people are sitting around and they pass stuff around that they put in their mouth that's called nutrition. Got it? It's just a base behavior. Please be kind. And do you notice that I didn't yell at that guy? Because I knew that, you know what? He had an idiosyncratic reaction to his brain and alcohol, meaning something different about him. Because the first day of his wedding, when I met his mother, it's genetic. When he was about to get married, I, they, they said, go meet his mother. So I went over there and I noticed whenever anybody met his mother, they walked away real quick. Think of the wedding as a mini holiday. So I said, hi, Mary, how are you? And she went in about Castro and how he was evil. And her life was never the same since Castro in Cuba. <laughs> and I, like everybody else who met her, walked backwards away from her very quickly. And I realized she was completely illogical. It's genetic. So just love everybody because chances are you're not completely with the program either. Everybody has to love everybody despite their warts. Do you understand? That's what a holiday is about, is to love everyone like a whole holiday for a day. And then you go home. Next time you hear about Israel and Hamas and you got an opinion about it, guess what? You have your mini political run through by a holiday. And food is just a symbolic thing.
thing you pass around with plates. Make it work, people. Make it work. Humanity. Questions? Somebody had their hand up. As I was talking about the... Um, the hills are alive with the sound of music. <laughs> Go ahead, Ann Lita. You looked horrified because you've lived in Austria. I can't even imagine what you must think about that. That is horrific. You probably heard that story before. Anybody have a question? Susan had raised her hand earlier. I'm going to put her on the spot. I want her to go first, just in case. Go ahead. Who? Go ahead. Susan? Do no? you have a question, Susan? Susan looks much better. She has color in her face. Given that I put her on the spot the week earlier because I had COVID, and I actually thought I had more color than she did. Nobody has any questions? She uh, became amnestic for her, her, her question. Go ahead. And I, I can actually say that you already answered my um, question with the extra shared in the last 10 minutes. Actually, it was enough answered. Nothing. The rest what is. Was that, what was like Johnny Carson when he used to hold the envelope to his his forehead in uh, the great Carmack? That would be a uh, question or something in the envelope, and he would hold it to his forehead just for. Um, Funny yucks. What was the question? Um, okay. So how to behave in the presence of my mother-in-law when she has this back and forth going on between like telling us, oh, if I get around, if I get to be around you some more, I'll be living longer to, oh, no, don't come not wanting to be attached to us. There's a back and forth going Okay, on. first of all, there's a great way DBT, dialectic behavioral therapy, teaches it, okay? So she says it. She says it like passing notes underneath the table because she wants, um, it's called, she's being provocative. She's trying to get a reaction out of you because she's angry. And she wants you to hold your anger for her. Don't do it. Because if you get angry, it goes to your adrenal gland. And the adrenal gland produces, takes whatever body fat you, fat you do have via progesterone, releases cortisol, and cortisol goes to the nearby pancreas and makes you gain weight. One of the things that's going to make me gain weight is that cat's going to meow one more time. One of the things that makes us gain weight in holidays, I used to measure how much I ate. It didn't matter how much I ate. I would sit very little at the table. I would make sure I was washing dishes, making the food. One year, I dug a whole bushel, couple of bushels of clams. I don't know if you know how hard work that is. Digging clams. I shelled them and I fried them for 40 people. That's, and I ate very little because once you make a lot of that kind of food, you don't want to eat it. It's like, it makes you sick. I can't wait. Mm -hmm. Because if you're in a conflict laden environment where everybody's arguing, it makes you anxious and I gain weight. Um, but suffice it to say, 
no matter what I did, I would gain weight. And I was always the heaviest one. And anger, anger is the most fatogenic emotion. And holidays were the most fatogenic events. And it was like every single one of them, I would try to figure out how not to gain weight. Always. Whether it was like not one piece of dessert would go through my lips. Not one. Didn't matter. Nope. Not going to happen. And it was because of people like this. So DBT teaches you how to do it. So I want you, you're going to be your mother-in-law and I'm going to be you. Go ahead. Be absolutely vicious. Go ahead. And give me a sugary, sweetie, innocent tone of voice. I want to hear it. Go ahead. I'm waiting. Dead, it's, dead. So, it's, it's so nice of you to have come. Um, but but don't don't come again soon. Um Notice I'm not saying anything. I I I I feel honestly, I feel I can't expose her. I think it's too private. I think we need to do this in a one-on-one. -on -one. Okay, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. So she says don't come soon. Okay. No, no, she doesn't say it like that. It's it's different. It's 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 deeper, yeah. It's um if she says something mm -hmm. that's um don't come again soon, I would say nothing. And that makes her hold the anxiety in the air. Because if you're angry, anger is a fast emotion and you respond quickly. So if somebody says something off color like that, you say nothing. And what you do is you look at your wrists and you actually have a deadpan look on your face and sound very concerned like you're listening. And shake your hand like, you know, we see this. Like, and, and you're waiting for the next phrase. Like, I'm doing this. That's the first thing you do. So if they did say something like that or mean, you know, sound like, you know, you're very gentle and listening. Because this is not a person who's sharing information. They are extending a series of words to hurt. So I remember I was a cab in New York. A friend of mine said, you know, you're not as, as smart as another friend I have. You're smart, but she's smarter. Okay? So I went, you know, I appreciate you sharing that piece of information. Three, two, one. And I just need to know one thing. What was the function of you sharing it? One, to inform me that you have another friend who's indeed smarter. Two, to hurt me. Or three, for what reason would you want to hurt me? Because if you're a friend of mine, why would you want to hurt me? I think that if you're a friend of mine, you would love me. So why would you want to hurt me? 
So though I appreciate you information sharing, can you please explain to me A, B, or C, the reason for you would want to share that piece of information? And when you do that, they usually get very angry because you have unveiled the mechanism underlying why they did that, which is that they wanted to hurt you. Really? So it's some right. And so you just say that, but that but you you know you understand you're not I'm not acting angry. I'm just saying I just want to know why you would do that. And so you're asking her to unveil that she's a mean thing. But you're, she's not trying to be that way. This individual is trying to look, and this happens a lot at holiday dinners. They arrive, they're all dressed up, their hair is fixed up, everything is tidy, tidy, tidy. And then the venom comes out, right? So a very beautiful, genteel person acts like a snake. So you're going to be genteel back but you're going to say, can you please tell me the function of that statement? And what they're going to have to do is say that I was just a bitch. Because you're going to ask them what was the function of that statement. And that is to be mean. Do you understand? And so that by saying I'm mean is taking off their genteel face and saying I'm a snake. And you've just unveiled their true identity that they keep underneath a mask of social propriety. And they don't like that. Got it? Do you get that one? And then once you've done that, you go, well, you know, now that we understand each other, it's fine. I just think it's a straightforward interaction because you know why? Where I come from, well, I've seen guys do this. A lot of guys, not to be sexist, but the guy punches the other guy and then they go out for a beer. <laughs> and when she looks at you, she's like, but that's crude. And you go, no, actually it's not. Because it's a straightforward interaction. One punches the other, the other one punches the other, and it be done. And then they go on for a beer. This other thing, where it's a side-handed comment, and then they act like saccharin. It just stays there, festa, festa. And girls do that starting in middle, 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 middle school? Eh. I think the other way is quite nice. Thank you very much. Because that's the way they do it. It's a straightforward interaction. Got it? But this other thing. So that's why we just keep it tidy. What was the fu function of that? Oh, I beat you in the face because you you looked at my girlfriend sideways. Oh, don't do that, or I'm going to hit you again. Okay, let's go for a beer. At least we know where we stand. I asked you why you said that, and and she'll say, why are you making a big deal of this? You see, because then you do, because I love you. You're my mother. And that, she won't know what to say. And you go, oh, pass us all. Thank you. D is in dog, B is in boy, T is in tomahawk. Don't stay angry because there are usually unhappy people 
and you're happy and they arrive and they want to take you down to their level of unhappiness. Don't do that. So basically, when you have a holiday, it's like a population of people. At least 13% of the people are not feeling very good. (laughs) So you have to see it's an average. It's a mood average. So you want to leave with the same level of serotonin you came with. (laughs) Do you understand? So if someone, that's like the person, you know, you turn and they say, what gives doctors the same idea that they can, and you realize what just happened there? I was feeling good. I turned around and said, pass the peas. And they give me this whole soliloquy about the economy and medicine. And it has nothing to do with me. It has to do with their alcohol level. And and so what you say back is, you don't say, what's the matter with you? Why did you attack me? You don't say anything. You say, oh, you don't want any peas? Okay, never mind. And you turn on your hand to the other person. Do you get it? Don't get sucked in. Got it? The thing with the Browns was hilarious. It makes for a good story. I've never heard of that one before. But I'm telling you, this is a perfect example of holiday and food. It's not about the food. There was a book about, unfortunately, it was about the Tour de France, which is about a bicycle race. And the the book was called It's Not About the Bike. And there's old stuff about the Tour de France bike racing and doping. And the title of the book was it's not about the bike. Well, <laughs> it's not <laughs> it's not about the bike. There's a whole bunch of stuff about the Tour de France and doping. So you're right, it's not about the bike. It's about everything underneath. When we talk about holiday and food, it's never about the food. It's about the undercurrent of everything else at the table. Are you kidding me? But everybody's worried about you don't You don't respect my food choices. Are you crazy? If you take food out of it, they don't respect A, B, C, D, E. Got it? (laughs) It's just another thing. You know, I mean, we could be talking about politics, hairstyles, your partner choice. Got it? You actually brought up a more important thing than the menu because attitudes are on the menu as well. Facial expressions. So what are you going to tell people? Don't wear scents, perfumes. Don't bring up politics. Are you actually going to ask someone not to bring up politics? Okay, they'll not bring up politics. But then, of course, they'll say something like, um, I mean, how can you not bring up politics? They'll talk about gas prices. They'll talk about, I don't know what is going to come out. Or they'll say, oh, I forgot. We're not supposed to talk about politics. So that's how that will come up. Remember that? We're not supposed to talk about politics? Well, we just did. There's always going to be one because they're going to talk about how we're not supposed to talk about something. And then it will be in the room. 
the gauntlet will be thrown down because that person will not want to have a muzzle. So the answer is don't control anybody. Leave it alone. The best way of winning tug of war is to let go of the rope. And when someone tries to do that and be funny, I always do this. Someone says something stupid like that. I go, how about those Red Sox? (laughs) And they'll go, what? So I just throw a non sequitur in there. What did you just say? I said, how about those Red Sox? Because what are you supposed to do with that statement? First of all, chances are no one at the table's into the Red Sox, okay? And chances are they're for something else. And it it introduces another topic. Yes, what were you going to say? And then we're almost through. <laughs> yes, exactly. That just reminded me of something. Um, what is irreverent humor and how can I learn it? I just gave it to you. I know. You, you just pick the most ridiculous situation. For example, you could say something else. You pick something the most, because you can't, it's very hard for you to do. Stand, study stand-up comedy or listen to stand-up comics. Like Another one would be, you just think it's the first thing, ridiculous thing that runs into your head. Listen to stand-up comics and memorize some of their statements like, have you ever thought about wall-to-wall carpeting? I hear that wall-to-wall carpeting is making a comeback. I'm thinking of putting it in the front yard, getting rid of the grass and make it all carpeting what do you think of that artificial turf right in the front yard they'll look at you like you touched right when it started to go downhill they're like what you know astroturf i think get rid of all the grass first of all it removes all that argument about the water usage okay b i'll get something that's like vegan appropriate you know that's like plant-based. I mean, hey, grass, plant-based. Isn't that funny? Ha ha. And, you know, it diverts people. And then everybody's looking at you like, are you mentally ill? You'll say, maybe it's my meds. I'm not sure, but I think it's a good idea. I think, you know what? Find out if it's trending on the web. I bet you it's on TikTok. <laughs> and then get up and say, does anybody else want any more um, peas? Do anybody need water? And by that time, it's so nuts. And out of left field, they've forgotten what you were arguing about. That's my point. Do you get it? That's what I'm talking about. It's very good stand-up humor because it's um, it it's unsettling. Um, you could say I'm throwing a shiny object, but actually it's more than that. Because I look nuts, but I'm not at all. I know exactly what I'm doing. There is a tool in DBT is called irreverent humor. It's a high-risk maneuver. Um, if you study stand-up, which I studied when I had breast cancer, so that that in itself is ridiculous. Um it has to be well chosen so it offends no one at the table. Notice it's not politics. And I mean, who could argue with AstroTurf? So if there's someone who has humorless sobriety at the table, will say, well, you know, there are xenoestrogens in plastics 
of AstroTurf. And you know there's always going to be one. You simply go, hmm. Well, so you, you're giving them time to take a victory lap because you know they feel successful because they are just oppositional. You know that? So you're giving them a chance to take a victory lap and you go, well, you know, on Amazon, I bought covers that are silicone that have no BPA. You know those covers that have no BPA? I bet you got, I bet you, you, because you're one of those, have water bottles that are BPA negative. Yes, I do. So you find commonality. Well, I'm sure I cannot find BPA free AstroTurf from my front yard, right? That's like a silicone base, but not silicone like the implants. And then you throw sex in there because if you like the breast implants that are not silicone anymore, I'm sure we can find. So then people who have humorless sobriety usually don't like to talk about sex. So you throw in the breast implants that are not silicone anymore. And then they're a little nervous about that. So you go, so they're BPA, non-silicone like the breast implants, AstroTurf. That's it. So now you've absolutely exhausted them because you've gone around and around. You go, okay, who's for dessert? <laughs> and I know you can do that, Annalita, because your mind is mobile, facile. You just have to keep thinking and moving. And if you can do that, you're such a moving target. No one can corner you, including your mother-in-law. Because she will think, she'll say, I don't think you're right. You'll go, I know, I know. So then you act crazy. I know, I think it's because I get off the hormones or I need hormones. I'm not sure. Most of the time I have dreams about gerbils. I'm not sure. Would you like a cordial? I hope. I want to thank you for welcoming you to your day. You've been listening to Healthy Living Intuitively with me, Dr. Mona Lisa. Have a great day. Do well. Do right. Live brilliantly. You have a great day. Hi, I'm Liz Winter, and I have been a medium and a spiritual development teacher for over 30 years. On my podcast, All Aboard the Medium Ship, I want to share the message with you that there is a wealth of love and comfort available to you from the spirit world. On my podcast, you can experience this comfort and peace for yourself through gentle guided meditations and helpful messages. Make sure you subscribe and follow so you never miss an episode. Part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network.